Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia and elephant in the room, we didn't uh, release podcasts for the last two weeks and we're really sorry about that, but unfortunately we were imprisoned in our own homes after going to eat at a wonderful restaurant that we'll all be going to again because it's delicious and they actually didn't do anything wrong in this process, but needless to say, we, uh, we were in a restaurant where one of the staff had COVID, and so we had to lock ourselves in our homes for 14 days. We floated the idea of replacing the podcast with some live streams, but as our followers are probably aware, technology is a lie, and none of the technology worked. And so we, uh, we just decided, you know what, we just won't release for these two weeks and come back with some actual quality content. So apologies. But we're back and we're COVID free. So that's also uh, good news. I want to turn now to New South Wales, where a couple of uh, issues relating to property tax are taking place. And they can be good, although I know that there are some people who are a little bit uh, weary of, of these steps. Uh, one, one step in particular. So let's just start with the first one, which is stamp duty being waived for first-time buyers. So if you're a first-time buyer in New South Wales, and you're gonna buy a house of up to $800,000, you won't have to pay stamp duty on that for some time, which is a good thing. I mean, stamp duty to begin with is a pretty stupid uh, tax. It really is, it has no other purpose but to take your money. Uh, but you know, it, it's, a, it's a good incentive to get people to, um, to purchase their own homes. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people now currently are not looking to invest in property. It seems like the, the market is still on a downward slope, but uh, you definitely want to have new incentives uh, getting people to start to, to purchase. So that's uh, altogether a pretty, a pretty good step. I, I, I hope that uh, helps our economy recover. Uh, here's the one, and this is, uh, I'm touching it mainly because I got some pushback on Twitter for celebrating this, uh, that New South Wales is going to cut land tax for the next 20 years in what they call an ambitious build to rent scheme. And I just put out there that that's, that's a good thing. It, it's good to have taxes cut. It's good to not uh, add an additional cost onto the cost of land, which ultimately translates into either higher priced houses for home buyers or higher rent for renters. Uh, but a lot of people said to me, you shouldn't be celebrating this because all that this is doing is encouraging kind of this quasi-feudalistic uh, position where all these people that have the money to invest in the infrastructure needed to have a bunch of apartment complexes or, how, or homes or whatever, they get all the benefit while everyone else is just forced to rent and rent and rent forever without actually building up any, uh, any assets for themselves. And I totally get that argument, and I do think that it's not necessarily a good thing to have a population that is spending huge amounts of their income every single month simply towards living without building up their assets. But ultimately, I think that in the greater scheme of things, uh, if, they, if land tax is slashed for a long time, it doesn't matter what New South Wales says, what their angle is. Uh, it, it'll make home buyers uh, more able to buy it. It'll make renters pay lower rent. And so I think, I think it's a satisfactory step. And so I, uh, I think that it's a good thing. Uh, I'm going to switch now to uh, former uh, Prime Minister Paul Keating. And I'm sure you'll be shocked to hear that a labor left-winger 
is not only an elitist, but completely out of touch with the common man. I know, I know it's shocking. I know no one, none of us saw it coming, but he's being raked over the coals for saying something that was in fact very elitist and very out of touch. So he was very, very upset at the fact that a lot of people in Australia are accessing their superannuation early. And he just thinks, you know, because there's people that were double dipping so-called, so accessing their super twice or accessing it uh, in improper ways as the ATO framed it, which there's really no improper way to access your own money. Uh, but yeah, Paul Keating was just saying that that was such a terrible step and that Australians are being terribly irresponsible for, for accessing their own uh, superannuation. They should just uh, push through it. And it just really goes to show the mindset of these labor types that uh, proclaim to be uh, for the middle class, for the working class, for the working people, and clearly have no idea that when people are accessing their super, they're not making some kind of morally loaded decision. Rather, they're trying to keep their head above water. And so, obviously, no shock to see a uh, uh, labor politician being out of touch and an elitist, but you know, I thought it was worth touching. Uh, and speaking of uh, labor incompetence and just general uh, terribleness coming from labor, uh, Victoria. Victoria is now currently in stage three and stage four lockdown, stage four for uh, Melbourne and stage three for the rural areas of Victoria. And this is obviously causing some really horrible uh, financial hardship. Uh, it's actually artificially depressing the, the numbers across all of Australia in terms of our recovery. So while some states, while every other state is starting to see increases in their uh, employment, while they're seeing a recovery in terms of their GDP, Victoria single-handedly is dragging all of the numbers down. And this is obviously because uh, the Andrews government and the, the Labour um, Party there generally just completely mismanaged this. And as the rest of the country is seeing COVID cases rather low or completely eliminated, and they're starting to see a path to recovery, obviously they're in a state of disaster. But uh, my, uh, the ATA policy director, Emily Dye, and I uh, ran some numbers uh, uh, from Victoria to see if these shutdowns were really justified. Because consider, the shutdowns mean that businesses that reopened, that barely made it by the skin of, the teeth, of their teeth, shut down again, meaning lots of small businesses and medium businesses will probably just never open again. This is a devastating blow to the economy. Uh, it's going to cause a lot of deaths of despair. It's going to cause mental health issues. There's a lot of things that can go wrong beyond just COVID infections. So are these shutdowns justified? Well, when we ran these numbers, these were the statistics that we saw coming out of Victoria. So 9,304 active COVID cases were at that time considered, you know, when you see this, the numbers may be different. There were 307 hospitalizations, that's 3.22% of cases. So of the total, of the total uh, case count, only 3.22% of cases were going to the hospital. And of those, 41 were in the ICU, so 0.44% of cases. The healthcare capacity of, of Victoria is 300 hospitals. And before the pandemic, they had 550 ICU beds and they added 600 more. So how many cases would Victoria need of coronavirus, of COVID, following these same statistics to overwhelm their healthcare capacity? Well, they would need 261,364. So currently around 9,000, I think maybe now it's 10,000, they would need 261,364 cases to reach capacity. 
That's a 2,708% increase in the equivalent of 20% of Melbourne all getting sick at once. Doesn't seem likely, does it? it, it that, that would be an impossible scenario to consider. So are these shutdowns justified? I would say no, because there is the capacity to care for people who are getting sick. The reason that we shut down was because we wanted to flatten the curve, make sure that we didn't overwhelm the healthcare system, and right now Victoria isn't in danger of that. So putting restrictions in place to avoid needless death, of course, is justified and needed. But to say that shutting everything down and, and pushing businesses to the brink of collapse and many businesses just into collapse uh, as a necessary step to control uh, coronavirus, I think that's uh, clearly wrong-headed. And you know, it's just one more thing that uh, the labor government down there has gotten wrong to the detriment of its own people. Uh, but you know, on that optimistic note, I think we're going to end this episode of Tax and Wasted. Thank you so much for being with us. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can subscribe on Facebook or on YouTube to see the video version. If you want the audio version, you can subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Also, if you aren't a member, please subscribe today. You can become a member on our website, taxpayers.org.au. Uh, this has been Tax and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. We'll see you next time.